Julio Rodriguez captured the hearts of baseball fans in Washington State and around the world as a rookie in 2022. And guess what? He's going to be ours for a very, very long time. We're going to look back on Julio's first campaign at the Major League level and tell you why this is only the beginning for Seattle's budding superstar. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, October 26, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description below. On the show today, we'll be starting our player reviews for the 2022 season with none other than Julio Rodriguez. We'll tell you what we saw this year from Julio, what surprised us, what didn't, and what the future holds for the Mariners star outfielder, and a whole lot more. And Colby, it was not that long ago that you and I were on this podcast before the season talking about you know, how the top prospects in the world that actually boom right out of the gate are the exception to the rule. They are not the standard. The Ronald Zacunias of the world, the uh, Juan Sotos of the world, the Fernando Tatises, etc. cetera, uh, and that it was you know unfair to set those kinds of expectations on Julio to be a superstar right out of the gate. No matter how exciting he was coming up through the ranks and all the exciting things that we had heard from Jerry DePoto and Scott Service and Andy McKay and the Mariners organization as a whole about Julio, um, and it certainly looked like, you know, it, that was going to be the case that he was going to have a rough time in, uh, in the major leagues to, to adjust to uh, major league pitching right away. The month of April was an absolute disaster for him. And of course, coming off of the year that Jerry Kelnick had just had in 2021, it was like, okay, Mariners fans just think that they just, they can't have nice things, right? You know, we can't have that superstar player right out of the gate. You know, a young 21-year-old who just takes the league by storm. But once the calendar flipped to May, Colby, things changed. Julio became that superstar player and helped lead the Mariners to their first playoff berth in 21 years. And I'll just start out by asking it, asking you this. What was the most impressive thing to you from Julio's rookie campaign as a 21 year old? Uh, it's probably that he didn't let the, you know, the rough first month sink his season. Um, you know, we've, we've seen young guys come up and they struggle a little bit and then the doubt starts to creep in and they start pressing. And, and I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to write that script for, for Jared Kelnick himself. So, um, you know, and Julio, it wasn't just that he wasn't getting hits. He was, he was running into a ton of bad luck. Um, home plate umpires seemed like they were it was their job to ring up julio rodriguez on any pitch that was within six inches of the strike zone um you know and and that was frustrating and it's extremely frustrating for a 21 year old who really believes in his his uh his abilities and his skills and he knows that he's better than that and and it just never really phased him we never saw it um you know he he went out of his way to you know tell people that he wasn't gonna react he wasn't gonna you know get mad that's just not who he is he's he's you know i'll let scott handle that like that's just not uh you know that's just not me uh and you know he just stuck with it he gra- grounded grinded grinded out uh at bats after that and and 
you know, it just kind of clicked on May 1st. I think that was the Sandy Alcantara game. He had his first career home run and it was, it was all off from there. So you really think about it, you know, Julio essentially didn't really add much, uh, didn't add much talent or much production in the month of April. And then in the second half, he ended up missing about three weeks of action uh, from injury. So really for the first, you know, there was about six weeks where the Mariners weren't getting anything from Julio uh, and Julio still ended up being their, their best player by like a mile. So it's, it's all very impressive that Julio, um, you know, kind of went through the, the little slump there at the beginning of the year. But then after that small slumps here and there, but never anything that, that, you know, got to the point where we were looking at Julio and going like, yeah, he, he needs to change that. He always seemed to be able to make the adjustment um, when necessary. And, and it just seems like he rarely made the same mistake twice. Uh, you know, he, he would make adjustments to the swing in, in game and, and per at bat. And that, that kind of ability is, is pretty rare, uh, especially for a 21 year old who has like a thousand plate appearances in the minors total. Uh, it was just really impressive to see just kind of process his, his first go around in the majors um, and, and deal with the struggles. Uh, it, it bodes very well for his, uh, his future as, you know, the, the face of major league baseball, uh, if we're being honest. And you saw glimpses of it in that rough first month as well. Uh, you know, I, I go back to what was it? The first or second game of the year when he had that big double that helped them uh, go on to, to beat the twins late in that game. Mm-hmm. I think it was that was game, game two, one. or was that game one? It's game one. They won two to one. Yeah, mm. yeah. So they, um, you know, so it was moments like that where you could see, like, all right, this kid is special. It's just not all coming together for him. And of course, there was the the string of bad calls against him. All of that. Um, overall, in the month of April, two hundred five, two eighty four, two sixty with a sixty one WRC plus. And then from that point forward, from May first to the end of the regular season, slash two ninety seven, three fifty five. 550 a 550 slugging percentage 161 wrc plus he had uh 21 doubles three triples 28 home runs 69 nice rbi and uh 16 stolen bases uh he was 16 of 23 in steal attempts um but this even you know this even goes back further beyond uh uh before the uh the the struggles in the first month of the season it was Julio's story really starts in spring training with the spring training that he had where he basically forced the Mariners hand and you know I'm curious to to hear your thoughts on this when he did have his struggles in the first month of the season was there at any point were you considering and by the way we have to you know note that the Mariners didn't really have another clear-cut option in center field at the time but was there any point in time where you thought they should maybe send this guy down to AAA. No. Yeah. Not really. Um, you could just because you could just see the the process was working. It was, it you know he's a handful of bad calls away from putting up a totally respectable month of April as as a twenty one year old, um, and the defense never suffered. You know it was one of those questions we had. Can Julio play center field? It feels like they're trying to, you know, stick a, a right fielder in center field again. Um, and he was the defense was just really solid from day one. Uh, the base running was incredible. So even though he wasn't really hitting, uh, you know, up to his potential early on, uh, everything else was there. And, and the exit velocity numbers were great. Um, 
you know, there, there were times where you're like, okay, Julio, you're becoming incredibly predictable to pitch to. You're going to chase that slider outside. Uh, but he stopped doing it. You know, he, he made that adjustment. And so, no, every time you would start to think like, oh, maybe the league's figured Julio out, uh, Julio would adjust and he would change things and, and he would make it work. And, and he always brought value on the bases and in the field. So there was never any reason. Even, even in the month of April, Julio was still probably the Mariners' third best player. Like he was just, you could just see that things were going to turn around for him uh, pretty early on. Uh, and the, uh, you know, it, it, it certainly uh, was paid off. Uh, but no, there, there was never really a time where you're like, boy, he just looks lost. At the, he, he never looked lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, he'd go through some, some rough patches, but there are times when, you know, we've seen it with, with Kelnick, we've seen it where Tramel, where you're just like, these guys don't have a chance. Like they have no shot of hitting this pitching. Never saw that with Julio. It never looked like he was in over his head. So overall for Julio, he slashes 284, 345, 509 with a 146 WRC plus. He's worth, uh, he was worth 5.4 F4 as a 21 year old rookie and is uh, likely well on his way to be in the American League Rookie of the Year, the Mariners' second American League Rookie of the Year in the last three seasons. Uh, and then in the postseason, uh, slash 217, 357, 435 with a 125 WRC+. And um, like you said on yesterday's mm-hmm. episode, you know if he didn't s- sustain those injuries that he did, he was easily getting to the uh, 30-30 club. He ended up with 25 steals, 28 home runs. Um he was on his way, and I mean, he still did some things that um, no one has really ever done in Major League Baseball history, uh, but he was well on his way to doing even more of that, to reaching heights that no rookie has ever gone. Um, it was an incredible season for him. We're going to talk more about his uh, season and uh, talk about what surprised us, what didn't, all that good stuff in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security. As everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks. But when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. And right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was also just named the best home security of 2022 by US News. I use it. I love it. You'll love it too because it's simply safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. With 24/7 professional monitoring, when a threat is detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or unable to respond. 24/7 professional monitoring costs just under $1 a day. That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. Simply Safe blankets your home with protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Go today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. I want to talk about the, uh, well, first, a reminder that we are talking about Julio Rodriguez all episode long as we begin our 2022 player reviews. But I want to next go to the moment that Julio solidified himself or established himself rather as 
a superstar in Major League Baseball. That was the home run derby, which we haven't talked about a lot. You know, when we were doing our team awards uh, over the past few episodes, uh, we did a, uh, you know, best moment uh, award. And we, we acknowledged the home run derby, but we didn't get too much into that. But I think that was truly the moment, you know, under the lights in L.A. at Dodgers Stadium uh, in Hollywood in front of tons of celebrities. And we saw the response from celebrities and, you know, other uh, superstars in other leagues like Stephen Curry tweeting at Julio, et cetera. That performance that Julio had in the Home Run Derby, which he should have won, by the way. The formatting of the Home Run Derby is stupid. Um, he outperformed Juan Soto throughout that entire derby. Just because he he lost in, in a single round to Soto shouldn't matter. He should have won the derby. But what he was able to do that night in L.A., was something that only a few players have done. And, and we've seen what the Home Run Derby can do for players' stock and how it can, uh, even for players that are not necessarily top 20, top 30-ish, that it can still turn them into household names. And Julio Rodriguez that night became a household name. You saw the same, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, you know, Julio Julio is always going to end up being a, a superstar and a, a face of the the league type of player, not just the face of a franchise type of player. But I feel like the the Derby uh kind of jump jump started his like national superstar type of persona because like I said, at that point, Mariner fans knew how good he was. Like the diiehards of just major league baseball in general knew how good Julio was at that point. Plus, I don't wasn't know. that right after the, um, well, the, obviously that was right after the 14 game winning streak, but wasn't that right after he hit that huge home run off of Jose, Le, uh, the, the grand slam off of Jose Leclerc and all that, like uh, a couple days after that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, I think that's when the casual fan was like, like, yeah, this isn't just hype. There, there's, you know, obviously there, there's talent here. I can look at the stats and tell how good he is. He's an all-star. Obviously, he, you know, he's an all-star and he's not named Albert Pujols or or Miguel Cabrera. So obviously, he's a very good baseball player. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they knew about that. But I, I think after the home run derby, people knew Julio Rodriguez. Like, yeah, that is a name now that you can say to a casual baseball fan, and they they know who he is. Like. You don't, well, he's, on a, a, he's on a first name basis now, right? It's yeah. Julio. Like no one says right. Rodriguez. No one like even if you're watching a national broadcast and they're they're you know uh, just announcing mm -hmm. him, it's it's Julio. It's not Julio Rodriguez. It's not Rodriguez. It's Julio. Right. And yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just it's different, right? Than like go ask a casual baseball fan like who Brandon Lau is, right? Lau's a really good player. How many people do you think know who Brandon Lau is? Just casual base. Like, they don't watch it every day. Right. 30%, 40% maybe. I might be generous. Now go say the word Julio in front of a casual baseball fan. They're going, oh, yeah, the kid in Seattle? Yeah. Julio is that type of guy. That's He's always had that personality. Um, so, uh, you know, and I think, you know, the, the personality really started to shine too. You saw the smile. Uh, you saw the joy. Uh, you saw the, the graciousness after he, you know, basically got screwed. Um, out, of, out of the winning that thing. Uh, and he talked about the excitement of doing it again. Like Julio Rodriguez, I think on that night, uh, officially started to, uh, to, you know, stake his claim as the face of major league baseball. 
which is kind of good because, you know, right now Major League Baseball doesn't necessarily have one, right? I mean, it should be Mike Trout. Trout doesn't want it. It's probably Shohei Otani. If, if you know, if anybody is, is going to lay claim to that, it's probably Otani. But Julio is right there. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, it's not really Acuna. It's not really, you know, Tatis, certainly not anymore. Major League Baseball doesn't really have these young, you know, budding superstars. Or here's the thing they actually do have them. They're just really bad at marketing them. The beauty yeah. of Julio is that Julio markets himself and he doesn't even have to try, right? There's nothing fake about Julio's, uh, uh, you know, his, what he puts out there. There's nothing fake about that. You know, it, it's, it's extreme. He's an extremely marketable guy. You know, he's got a great smile. He's, he's young. He's energetic. Uh, pretty good looking dude. Great swing. Home, hits home runs, steal bases, plays defense, hustles. Literally everything that you, that anybody likes about baseball, Julio Rodriguez has it. So he's incredibly marketable. And, and, you know, the last time baseball had a, a guy this marketable, like personality wise and, um, and all that stuff was probably Griffey in the nineties. So it, yeah. it, it's funny how that's worked out. Uh, both end up playing center field for Seattle. Um, but Julio is, he is that guy, you know, he, he's, he is him. Right. And major league baseball should be doing everything in its power to push Julio front and center because he is the type of guy who gets people who don't care about baseball to watch baseball, to become baseball fans. He just has that personality. I remember back when um, the Mariners uh, were hosted in the Blue Jays for that four-game series in, um, what was it, July? And uh, I got invited onto the uh, Blue Jays pregame show on the radio, and they asked me to describe Julio. And the first thing that I said, and this is the thing that I will always say if anyone asks me to describe Julio Rodriguez, is that he loves baseball. Mm-hmm. And if he loves baseball, you should love baseball when you're watching him. Because like he's just... He's fun personified. He's everything you want baseball to be. Like he champions all of that. You talked about how, you know, he hustles, he plays defense, he hits home runs, he steals bases, all that. Everything that is fun about baseball and marketable about baseball, Julio does it. He embodies that. And that's the beauty of Julio Rodriguez. Um, What to you was your favorite moment uh, for Julio this year? Was it the Derby? Was it something else? I think um, kind of the image that a lot of people have of Julio uh, is, is going to be the Derby, but uh, I it's it's going to sound cliche, but <laughs> after Seawald and, and Castillo blow it against uh, Atlanta, um, you know, they're down one. Julio knows he's coming up. Julio's running off the field, and he, he's smiling. He's laughing. He's like, <laughs> you guys gave me an opportunity to be a hero, and I'm going to take advantage of it. And it's not the only time Julio's done that. Julio has risen to the occasion multiple times of course um you know there was that game and then the the game against houston you know uh comes to mind where seattle takes this lead late um and then naris is is a petulant little child and he he throws at ty france and you know there's the little dust up and and the astros pretend like they're tough and they're going to go out and they're going to beat the you know what out of the mariners and then julio picks up hector naris walks him away from the from the you know the scuffle or whatever, then gets into the batter's box against him and hits the you know hits the two run home run to put that game out of reach. Like Julio just seems to have a sense for that moment. And he was pretty good in the playoffs too. You know he didn't hit the big home run or anything like that in the playoffs, but really his numbers, which were 
pretty good. Uh, those are pretty good numbers in the playoffs. They're even better if you take out that last game where he went one for seven. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he was he was a really good player uh, in the playoffs. He just seems to have that that you know when the game is is at its like most frustrating, he just has this this just cool coolness about him. And I think that was pretty much personified in the uh, in the uh, uh, the Atlanta game where he's you know coming off the field laughing almost like he knows what's about like <laughs> oh well, i'm and, about to ruin your day that, and we even saw that more you know and it didn't really come through in, in that way where he actually you know hit the home hit the big home run or what have you but you know they they fall down uh or the robbie ray gives up the three-run home run to jordan alvarez and julio's coming off the field smiling whatever like doesn't phase him right they're down 2-0 He's going out and chatting with uh, Astros players and Dusty Baker before uh, you know the day before the game in Seattle. Like mm-hmm. that—that's you know. <laughs> I don't mean to be a twelve here, but you know how Russell Wilson always talks about how uh, you know Who? you gotta have you gotta have amnesia. Yeah, exactly. But you know you gotta have amnesia. You know you you, you gotta uh, just move on. You know, take it one play at a time. Uh, Julio actually does that and doesn't need to tell you that he's doing that. That's who Julio yes. Rodriguez is. Julio actually lives in the gym, but he doesn't feel the need to post his workouts on Instagram. Right. Like, and he still will a little bit. And Right, but it's not like, <laughs> look at me. It's not like the classic, like, oh, look how hard I'm working over here, everybody. Like, oh, I went and visited kids at a children's hospital. I better bring my camera crew like a normal person does. I, I do that not for the publicity, no, because I really want to do it, Right. Julio's not that guy. Julio does these things and he, he doesn't need recognition for them. Um, he just, he puts in the work. Then that's mm-hmm. part of who Julio is. Um, you know, and, and he's already been rewarded and, and, and hopefully it's, it's, you know, it's the lifetime contract. Most of us have said it essentially is. Um, it, it'd be devastating at this point to see Julio, uh, you know, play another game or play a game in his career for a team, not, the Seattle Mariners. That's, that's how quickly he's kind of endeared himself to Mariner fans. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. They, they do the, they do the playoff intro and all that stuff at the game. Loudest cheer without question is for Julio. Like people in Seattle, they love Julio. Um, and you know, he's ours, but also, (laughs) also major league baseball is going to make us share him with other Mm -hmm. people, but never forget that he is ours. Like, the, mm-hmm. He is a Seattle Mariner, and it's just cool because again, the Mariners haven't had a player like that. Like, if you want to be generous and say Ichiro was that type of guy, like, okay, fine, but it's just different, you know. Julio, you know, didn't play in Japan. He didn't have this huge like following coming from him or coming with him from across the seas or anything like that. He was just a 21 year old kid who just popped up, and everybody knew about the talent. And and he just, it's like he rolled out of bed and was was an all star from day one. Like it, it's yeah. just insane talent um, for Julio and, and, you know, you get to see him play for your favorite team, but yeah, I do think, you know, obviously, you know, the, the bat speed and, and the arm and, and the power and, and the speed and the side, like all the things you can physically see are really important. And, and that's what makes him a great player. Uh, but it's, it's all the stuff that we don't see and we don't know that much about because Julio just does it. He doesn't do it because, you know, it, it'll help him like his brand. He doesn't care about that. Julio does them because he wants to be good at baseball. He wants to be the best he can possibly be. 
And that's the kind of guy that you build around. And, and that's the guy that you point to and say, that's what a Seattle Mariner is. And, and when so, you look at him, mm-hmm. for me at least, I look at him and I go, that guy's bringing a championship here. Yeah. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I don't know, man. Julio is, is, is different because, you know, it's, it's the, like, he's too good to be true. But he is <laughs> like, no, that that's that's not an act. Right. That's not that is who Julio is. Um, and there's just you can't find anybody to say a bad word about him. He's never had a bad interaction with anybody. It seems like, you know, he'll he looks over his shoulder at Ty and Ty's convinced that they're in love. Like it, mm-hmm. it's we had a moment. We, 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 we had high contact, See, man. <laughs> and yet you and yet you left you let safety cones keep you from getting down on that field uh, after the the comeback win. So uh, I I I had the duty of of recording a show for my oh that's that's audience. the excuse yes yes that's why I took four hours to get home hmm, interesting um <laughs> that was the that was the night before that was the night uh-huh. before Colby. i was responsible Whatever. on the on, on game two which is really weird the way that i celebrated those two games it was it should have been flipped it should have been flipped the the celebrations for those games you think, but, but nevertheless yeah. um yeah. <laughs> all right so i want to ask you uh i mean the answer to this could be just as simple as like you know the fact that he was really really good right out of the gate but what surprised you from Julio's season this year if anything um probably how fast he was to make adjustments uh you know mm. he but he it it was weird cuz you know we go back to the april right and he was getting rung up on I, I don't even want to call them borderline pitches because they weren't near the strike zone and he was getting rung up on them. Never chased. He he would not chase those pitches. Um, and, you know, I think he had like 15 bad calls go against him, and he never started to chase those pitches off the plate as a result. Like it would have been so easy for him. Like I got to hit, I got to get hits. So if I got to go, you know, a couple inches outside of, of what I can do and, and just try and hit that, then I'm going to. Julio didn't, he never, he never did that. He never changed, but when pitchers started to like throw a ton of sliders outside, um, you know, it, Julio struggled for a little bit on that. And then he made the adjustment. Then he started to drive the ball to right field and then pitchers would make their adjustment. Julio would struggle for, you know, a couple of days and then he would make his adjustment. So uh, it just, the fact that he never had a prolonged, uh, a prolonged issue. Now, I mean, there are still things he can clean up. He still does struggle with, with some spin off the outside corner. That's, that's certainly something he can clean up. Um, but you just early on, he was getting just killed by these bad calls. He would not expand his own, never even considered it. Um, and then once that problem kind of started to solve itself, uh, you know, new problems popped up the slider away and then Julio, Oh, well, no problem. I'll just flip that into right field, you know, half a dozen times in a week. And, and eventually you'll have to change the way you pitch me and then, okay, let's go, you know, hard up, up in the zone and, <laughs> Julio sent a couple of those things 450 feet out and they're like, okay, now we have to change it. And every time, you know, major league baseball would come up with a, a counter punch, Julio would end up, you know, eventually countering that counter punch. It's so impressive from a 21 year old that we didn't see like, we didn't see one way that like pitchers could consistently pitch Julio that would always get him out. Julio would make an adjustment. And and like I said, it's, there's still some things to work on. Like he still has to work on that spin on the outside. That's still your best shot to get Julio out. 
But if you miss by two inches on the plate, he's, he's going to hit it very hard and you're going to be in big trouble. So um, there's still things you can work on, but just the overall ability to just, you know, roll with the punches early and then punch back, counter punch, uh, and then wait for the counter and counter back. Like he's a very mature hitter uh, at the plate. I think that's what surprised me the most. Yeah, the strikeouts could go down a little bit, but the the game plan, uh, very few wasted at-bats from Julio in his rookie year. Some, but not a lot. Yeah, and going off of the uh, talk about the adjustments, I'm pretty excited to see his next matchup against Lance McCullers Jr. <laughs> I don't think that McCullers is going to have as much success as he uh, did in Game 3 of the year. Uh, the next <laughs> those time were, those, those two meet. Those are some rough at-bats, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it uh, Julio, if he saw him again. Like if it was a seven game series and Julio saw him in game seven or whatever, mm. I'm pretty sure that the matchup would have gone a little different. Yeah. And now with an off season's uh, worth of work, I, I think Julio is going to be a, a more refined hitter in, in 2023. We'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, for me, the biggest surprise uh, for me with Julio was both the defense and the speed and how he was able to impact the game on the base pass because he was never a huge base stealer in the minor leagues. I think the most uh, stolen bases he had down in the minors was 16. Um, so for him to come up and you know legitimately threaten to be a 30-30 guy as a 21-year-old rookie, I don't think anyone could have expected that. And on top of that, to be you know not just a serviceable center fielder but an actual legitimate uh, center field defender um, – who was you know plus seven and outs above average this year? Uh, you know, you and I thought he was a corner outfield guy, and that you know eventually you know he would DH or, or what have you, kind of have a, a similar career path as uh, Miguel Cabrera um, in terms of you know eventually ending up at DH or first base or whatever. And that's likely what what ends up happening for him down the road. But you and I never thought that he was going to be this, that he was actually going to be a legitimate center field option. Um, and that didn't really pop into our minds until Jerry DePoto started talking about it in the offseason. And even when he started talking about it, I remember you and I on the show being like, I don't know about that. That seems a little weird. And that seems like you're sacrificing defense there. That seems like you're getting a little too cute with it with uh, with Julio in center field. Turns out Jerry DePoto and crew were, were right. Right. And uh, and also, you know, uh, I think the most uh, or the highest grade that a lot of outlets put on uh, Julio's speed was about 60, 55, 60. I even saw some 50s at one point. Um, but then Jerry DePoto came out in, uh, in, the, in spring training and was like, Julio's like a legit 70, 75 grade runner. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no way. <laughs> but then you know <laughs> season starts and he's swiping all these bags and he's playing a good center field and it's like okay yeah they were right yeah there, there's a little michael jordan to uh to julio like yeah i saw those reports and i took that personally and <laughs> julio did he saw the reports uh, i remember you know pretty early on i think he was 17 18 at the time uh pipeline had a a 50 grade on his on his speed and Julio took that really personally. Um, and he went out and like he stole like 12 bases in like 35 games or something crazy like that. And, and he went to work on the speed. And, and then, you know, like the, oh, no, he'll be a pretty good defender in right field, but you can't play him out the middle. He's too big. He's, he doesn't have that quickness. And Julio was just like, oh, good. Something else I can prove people wrong on. And he went out and he did it. And Julio's defense was 
uh, a big plus. And I think we could start to see the writing on the wall after the lockout. They really didn't have any interest in bringing in a center fielder. Um, and because of the, their lack of really bringing in any outfielder, uh, aside from Jesse Winker, who not really an outfielder, <laughs> more of a DH, but I think at that point when they were like, yeah, this is the squad we're going to roll with. I think you and I were both in agreement. Like, okay, they're, they're very serious about Julio, uh, mm-hmm. not only making the opening day roster, but, but being the center fielder, because at that point the writing's on the wall and, and, you know, he, uh, he was really good. He was, like I said, I don't want to oversell his defense. He wasn't a healthy Byron Buxton or anything like that, but he was, yeah. he was very good. He was never an issue defensively in center field. Um, and even made some, you know, some huge plays like the, uh, the sliding catch to, uh, rob the double of, I think it was Altuve who hit that one. And, uh, in the was yeah, it 16th been, yeah. inning, 17th inning, yeah. uh, the last game of the year. And that's just speed and, and agility and, and first step quickness. That's just <laughs> tell Julio, he can't do something. I dare you. Well, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of got to give you some confidence that he might be able to add even more things to his game because he's still really young. <laughs> he's going to be twenty two next year. Like he's really, really young. A lot of guys that are twenty two years old are still playing college ball, or they're really just beginning their minor league career. Like, dude's already performing at a really, really, really high level at an age that people just don't. Normal human beings, normal baseball players, just don't. Um, so, last question for you. Sorry, yeah, it's okay. Uh, one, one more thing on the whole, like, tell Julio he can't do something. The guy taught himself English mm. as a 15-year-old. That's awesome. He taught him. Why did he teach himself English? Because he wanted to be able to do interviews in English when he was playing in the big leagues. That was his thought process as a 15-year-old kid. It was like, oh, obviously I'm going to be in the big leagues. I want to be able to do these interviews in English, too. Mm-hmm. so he went out and he bought tapes like literal tapes on how to how to speak english and he taught himself how to do it yep I, he just and, and he speaks great english kevin mather yes great english. um yeah better than anything kevin mather's ever done in his life so mm-hmm. yeah it's just like i you know it's a cliche and and i don't like using it but kids just built different like that's not a common thing that people do yeah all right last question very simple question did julio do enough this year to set himself up for an mvp run next year yep mm-hmm. Yep. especially if the mariners uh make a deep playoff run uh the mariners challenge for the the division uh next year for any serious length of time like this year they never really challenged for it but if they're you know neck and neck with the Astros next year and Julio's having a good year, yep, he'll definitely get some votes and and um, I'd I'd be I'd be shocked if Julio didn't win at least one in his career. He's just that type of guy, and, and honestly, you could tell me he's going to win five or six, and I'd be like, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. like maybe I could see it. So yeah, I, I think he starts the year on the watch list. Not that they have those, but yeah. Yeah, I think when uh, Bet Online sends us their odds for uh, AL MVP, he's going to be pretty high on that list. All right, well, that's going to do it for our show. 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you to Julio Rodriguez for being awesome at baseball. Uh, for Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day plus instant reaction big game recaps and the take of the day it's available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace